everyone. This is Catherine Adams and Elizabeth Wallace, and you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 274. And tonight, well, we technically have a Nightville episode to recap, but apparently Nightville's on hiatus, which caught us by surprise like it always does. Yes, I even went back and checked, and they're always on hiatus in July, and we never remember, and we never check ahead of time. And I should have known, because I didn't get any Patreon notifications this week before the episode dropped. But Got it. Oh, well. Yeah, at least the episode that they decided to recap this week was one of our favorites, Guidelines for Disposal. Uh, they, in the past, have done some like The Woman from Italy. Not one of our favorites. No, no. And any kind of episode that's been written by Brie Williams, which this one was, is mm-hmm. a bestseller. I mean, I went back and checked, and she did the episode Secret Blotter, which is a rundown of the police blotter that was finally yes. being released to the public. That was excellent. I'm almost positive she did a special bonus episode where it was the minutes from a meeting at Night Vale University, which is one of my early favorites. I think that might have been the one where they mentioned the fact that plague doctor masks were no longer going to be required for freshmen. And I just, I don't know why. I love that detail. Yeah. So if you want an episode that's just basically a whole concentrated list of delicious weirdness. She's very good at it. So that's that's all. We're not really going to do a, a very in-depth recap of this one. I'm going to put a link in the podcast description of the time that we recapped it the first time. It's episode 101. And I think Night Vale is currently on 190. So yeah, it was a while ago. It was. And I think the briefest summary is that there is now a new recycling facility or uh, waste disposal facility that's replacing the old one, the new facility will not accept physical objects. You have to bring physical objects to the old facility, which is no longer accepting objects because it's been replaced by the new one. So it's that kind of Nivalian bureaucracy. But one of the things that I really did like was just at one moment as Cecil's listing all the intangible items that you can bring and the tangible items that you can't bring. He also mentions, he says, you may bring an entire year to the landfill. And you and I are both like, oh, okay. Uh, Well, that's very tempting. Although he did point out that in a year, there will be a lot of positive effects happening because time doesn't work the way we tend to envision it. So throwing away all of 2020 probably wouldn't work and might have some bad repercussions. It's really tempting, though. It is awfully tempting. (sighs) But yeah, there's a whole long section where he seems to be talking about a summer and he's speaking you in terms of you, but sometimes I wonder if he was talking about his own experience. But, you know, having messed around with a platonic best friend and the next morning you don't say anything, you don't know whether or not you should say I had a lovely evening because that's too weighted or should I just say, you know, I don't know, the keys under the mat or I hope your meeting goes well. And in the end, you just decide to say I had a wonderful evening and put it between the other two things like you would go ahead and put a condom in between scotch tape and apples on the conveyor belt. You cannot bring scotch tape and apples to the new landfill. It's tangible <laughs> items only. Just, that's like a sum up of what the whole episode's like. Just sort of weird, 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 and a little bit of funny. Yeah. And the whole idea about the difference of intangibles, like you can't bring physical pain because, you know, pain is both physical and intangible, but they don't have the processing ability to handle physical pain, but they can't accept the fear of physical pain. And they also said, 
you can't bring an actual smell, but you can bring the memories that are evoked by that particular smell. Right, exactly. So it's it it's just a really sweet episode. There's not really much more we can say about just repeating it word for word. So go ahead and listen to it. It's it's definitely there's a reason why it's one of our favorites. Yeah, no, definitely. So I guess we need to move on from that to the weekly wraps. And I'm doing something different this week. Uh, because I went out and I got myself the fixins to make a lagarita. Oh, really? And what does that involve? It's a margarita that you pour beer into. And oh. not a minute after I got home from picking up the supplies, I watched the newest episode of How to Drink, where he had the best beer cocktails and talked yeah. about them. And he mentioned the beer garita, the lagarita. And he said, I'm not going to go into details about making it because I've never been impressed by this drink. It's just a oh. margarita with beer in it. I'm sitting here going, yes, but it's a margarita with beer in it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> How can you get much better than that? Yeah, I like I like certain beer cocktails. I had a mimosa at one point that instead of being made with champagne, it's still orange juice, but it's made with like a sort of a lighter beer, I guess like a Pilsner or whatever. I like it better that way. Me and champagne just don't always get along. Oh, really? Oh, I like me some champagne. Although Greg on How to Drink did say he hates the black velvet drink, which is a Guinness with champagne in it because it just it doesn't add anything he said it's just kind of a bland drink yeah that doesn't sound good to me no so uh sit rep everything's fine so far hoping to see mom and dad soon this delta variant is pretty scary but you know if you're vaccinated i mean some vaccinations are better than others at handling the delta variant but my understanding and i'm not a doctor but my understanding is all the vaccinations even if you are one of the people who gets sick after you've been vaccinated. The vaccination is 100% effective at keeping you from dying mm-hmm. from coronavirus. They so said that pretty good. most of the cases of death from COVID happening nowadays is people who have not been vaccinated, which is right. quite a selling point right there. But I'm yeah. still watching the numbers. The number of active cases in North Carolina and the U.S. you know, as a whole is huh? still dropping. But... Okay they're not dropping as fast as they were, which is worrying. And I'm hoping we're not going to see a spike after 4th of July celebrations. Yeah, I'm worried about that, too. Did you do anything for 4th? I stayed home. Yeah, we stayed home, too. Didn't I mean, we went out to Poland Park and walked around a little bit. And then our neighbors, uh, of course, everybody around us is setting off fireworks. But we really couldn't see all of them. We could see all the smoke from the gunpowder and everything. But it was so funny. Our neighbors, like, catty corner from us... We only found out they were setting them off when they set off this one that was like, you know, the the fireworks were only a couple stories high, but they had these long white streamers and this colored ball of light at the top, but spread out like it was a fan. And it went fast, like pow, 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 pause, pow, 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 and then poo, poo, poo for them, and then explosion of the air. And like, wow, that's great. And then it was nothing but bottle rockets for the rest of the night. And I'm like, no, guys, don't start with that. (laughs) Amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for all of my friends who have dogs. It's really been a thing that Twitter's talking about a lot. I mean, it's just a holiday that is meant to freak the dogs out. And they were, I mean, 
fireworks were going off in this neighborhood for a really long time, both before the main fireworks of the city and long after. So to all the dog owners, I'm really sorry. I hope your pets are feeling better. Well, a lot of people have also been talking about veterans who possibly have PTSD and how this might not be fun for them. But I saw one person posting that on the Nextdoor app, and then someone else responded and said, as a veteran, I can say you're responsible for managing your own triggers. So I think uh, opinion is split on that particular one. It's also true that I think if you have PTSD, it doesn't just take fireworks to set it off. True. Yeah. Backfiring, loud noise, whatever. Yeah, I, I think it would probably help if people didn't set off fireworks for the four and five days, both leading up to and after the 4th of July. I mean, it, right. it's like having Christmas starting in October. It stops being yeah. special if you have to deal with that for that long. Yeah, true, true, true. Anyway, but um, as far as I know, everybody's safe. Mom had a birthday last week. Happy birthday, Mom. She doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> so I guess we're going to jump right there to the thing that has definitely been on our minds all week long. Episode four of Loki and all the spoiler warnings here because that episode was kind of intense. Yeah, it starts out with a flashback to Sylvie's growing up when she was a little kid, probably, I don't know, 10, 12, something like that. And playing in Asgard, and then one of those portals opens up, and the TVA agents just come in and drag her away from her life and set off one of those little bombs to wipe out any exist- uh, evidence that she ever existed. And then she somehow manages to break free, and she's been on the run ever since constantly on the run and she was we flash forward to her telling you know the Loki that we know about this and she said it was awful because all I would have to do is stay anywhere for a half hour and a Nexus event would start and then she'd have to move again and that kept happening until she found out how to hide out in apocalypses so I do think that is why Sylvie is so different from Loki I mean can you imagine that that you have to grow up in the death of planets and of horrible situations. Yep, yep, that definitely explains why she is the way she is. But I don't know, we just, we saw so much developing kind of in the relationship between Loki and her. And then they're sitting there just before this planet, which, my God, the effects on that planet being destroyed were just fantastic. The cinematography was great. I mean, really. And of course, right before the end the portals open up and the time authority comes in and drags them back out. And they're in back to the time authority being dragged away to different rooms. And Loki in order to get softened up is throwing into a particular type of prison. It is a, a memory of his and he laughs it off at first as it being a a bad memory, but it's just, you know, he's standing in there in Asgard and then Sif shows up and I'm like, Oh my God, Sif, they even got the actress. That's awesome. (laughs) But she's pissed off because Loki cut her hair as a joke. And that is actual, you know, from Mm -hmm. Norse mythology. Loki did do that. And he only did it because he thought it was funny. And that is pretty much what Loki says afterwards. But she just comes in and she calls him a bunch of names and she slaps him. And then she knees him in the groin and punches him in the face and tells him, you're alone and you're always going to be alone. And she stalks out. And Loki is just like, oh, a bad memory. Oh, that's I I did it because I thought it would be funny. Afterwards, I went back to my room and I had a bath and I had a drink and I never thought about it again. And then you hear this sound. And then suddenly Sif is walking back into the screen. I'm like, oh, this is not good. Yep. Time loop. And (laughs) nothing he does can really stop her from punching him in the face and kicking him in the groin and calling him all these terrible names. 
And we honestly don't know how many times he went through that loop. It could have been a lot. Yeah. When Mobius drags him back out again and starts asking him questions, at one point he tells him he'll just throw him back in. And Loki's just like, no, no, hang on. Wait, wait. And you could tell that really bothers him. So it may have been a pretty long time. The last time that we got to see him go through the loop, he did manage to say to Sif about why he did what he did. I mean, he definitely expresses some remorse. It looked like he meant it, but it's Loki, it's hard to tell. But it's possible that in addition to softening him up a bit, he might have actually learned a little bit about himself. It's hard to tell. It could be. And it was very interesting that when he does manage to reach this flashback of Sif, who I think might be the real Sif. It's hard to tell. I mean, at one point, when she comes in the second time, and he starts like trying to talk to the TVA in the open air, trying to reach somebody, and you can see her looking around like, what the hell? But she doesn't seem particularly bothered by that. Or Well, she probably assumes that it's Loki just up to his old tricks. And she's like, what are you doing now? What's this? What's happening? Well, but he tells her at one point that he just did it because he's a narcissist, and he needs attention. And the biggest thing he's afraid of is being alone. And she just like reaches down and picks him up and looks him in the face and says, you are alone and you always will be. And then she walks away. And I thought that was interesting that the punches and the slaps were optional, but what she said to him was not. So that would be the the main force of that awful memory of his. Yeah. But Loki, when he's back in the room with Mobius, Loki does manage, I mean, Mobius, of course, is completely done with him. He feels betrayed. He feels that, you know, Loki's always going to lie. But he tries to tell Mobius that the Time Authority, the Time Lords, whatever it is that we're calling them. Time Variance Authority, I think. Temporal Variance Authority. TVA. We'll just call them the TVA. Sure. That they're lying to them because of the information we got from the previous episode where all the people who work there, like Mobius and everybody else, that they're all variants. And of course, Mobius doesn't believe a word of this at the beginning, but he does slowly come around to the idea. So Mobius does go and talk with um, Ravona Renslayer, who's kind of like his boss, and... He wants to know what happened to that guard that the uh, that Sylvie had kidnapped. Oh, yeah. And Ravona's like, yeah, she died. And we don't want anyone to know about it because obviously it would be demoralizing everything. But And Mobius is like, but she was fine. And Ravona's like, yeah. well, she couldn't even talk by the end of it. So it was obviously whatever the Sylvie did to her, it was really bad. So... Mobius grabs Ravona's little, I don't know, it's a tempad, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and yeah. so then he goes back and checks that, the records that Ravona left on there and found an interview with that guard. And the guard is telling her, that was why she was saying over and over again when they rescued her from Sylvie, it was real, it was real. And yeah. she knows what happened. She was a variant and she yeah. got snatched up out of her life and had her memories erased. And Mobius sees that Ravona obviously knew about this. Yep, yep. And it's, it makes me wonder, I mean, is, is that the plan for every variant that they snatch up? Because so far, we see them dragging these variants back to the Time Authority. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen like a giant prison of them. Mm -hmm. We haven't, the only time we've seen somebody executed is when they become dangerous, or they start screwing with the wrong person, or they don't have their ticket in the beginning. (laughs) they They don't usually execute them. So is that what the plan is? Is that even with Loki and Sylvie was originally, I mean, obviously, I think those two would be executed for as dangerous as they are. But would the plan have been to wipe their memories so that they can help the Time Authority keep 
everything in line because it's got to be just like a nightmarish job keeping all of time and infinity to one main timeline and nothing else well i did like the fact that they had um my goodness i'm not sure how to pronounce her name it's the actress who was in um black mirror yes i can't remember uh, how to pronounce her name either. yeah yeah she, the the actress who plays ravona that she's african-american and I think that balances things out a little bit because otherwise this idea that you have identified one timeline that you are arbitrarily going to say is the pure timeline and you're going to True. prune off anything that might deviate from that, that might be a little bit on the nose. Yeah. So, oh, also, yeah. I forgot um, Hunter B-15, one of the other workers of the TVA, the, the one that you know, Loki was messing with, with this little time collar thing. Um, she remembered something from when Sylvie possessed her. So she goes into where Sylvie's being held and talks to her about it. And then just to get yeah. Sylvie to show her, yeah, the, those memories are real. You were somebody else before you were here. And she ends up, does she, I can't, it's been a whole week since I've seen it. Does she end up freeing Sylvie? Is she the reason why Sylvie gets free? Uh, no, because, all right. So Mobius goes in and talks with Loki so, you know, he's talking with Loki about the fact that the TVA is lying to everybody. And he wants to know if he and Sophie are working together. Do they have some plot? Is this all a trick? And Loki finally says, you can trust me. And Moby says, so I just have to trust the word of two Lokis. And I wrote down in there, and this is where all of my potential fanfics hit a wall at 60 miles per hour, because oh, I know the writers have Loki being sincere. However, I am always going to be thinking, but what if he's still lying? What if all yeah. of this is still a long game? All of it. All of it. I like how Mobius really landed on the fact that he kind of, because of course, Loki's not giving Sylvie up. And Mobius ends up being like, oh, my God, you like her. That is like the most narcissistic thing ever. He like fell for himself. And I went, yeah, that is pretty true. Actually. I wrote the yeah, exact same thing. I said, yeah, well, I mean, he would, wouldn't he? Oh, yeah, he definitely would. Absolutely. And Mobius and Loki decide they are going to work together and they are going to rescue Sylvie and they're going to find out what's happening with the TVA. And they march out of the prison where Loki's been kept right to where Ravona is with a bunch of guards. And she yep. knows that Mobius has stolen her tempad and she knows that he knows. And he told her he would answer an earlier question she had if he could go anywhere in the world in the universe where would he go and he said i would go back to where i was before you dragged me out of my life so and yep. then she commands the guards and the guards go in and they disintegrate him and i'm just sitting there ah i just it shocked the hell out of me i did not expect that nope, at all no nope, that was right you could see the look on loki's face too loki was just like the same thing i think he had just assumed that mobius would probably be fine no matter what and he wasn't nope and they're dragging Loki uh, to his meeting with the timekeepers, which I'm sure is where he's going to get executed. And they meet the guards dragging Sylvie in. And I just, I thought it was so touching because Sylvie looks over at him and she says, are you okay? And I thought, oh, so she actually cares. <laughs> I ship it. I do. I do. It's yeah. Fine. yeah. It's fine. yeah. <laughs> so they meet the timekeepers and... The timekeepers are just these big, towering-looking creatures in thrones, and they look kind of weird, and they've got kind of odd accents, and Loki and Sylvie are both being really defiant, and then someone comes crashing in, and it's Hunter B-15, and she's yep. decided she's going to take on 
the other timekeepers, and they have a big battle, and it's awesome. Oh, it's so cool. And then, of course, more unexpected things happen. I'm just like, what? What? Uh, Sylvie chops off the head of one of the timekeepers, and Mm. they're all robots. Yep, yep. They are not whoever's in charge. And that was, I mean, that Sylvie was just absolutely floored because she had wanted this to be over. She thought this was Mm going to be what finally finished her having to run. And Loki is trying to tell her there's something else going on because apparently maybe not caused by when he put his hand on her hand when they were on uh, Lamentus, something caused a nexus event just by them being near. And he like takes her shoulders and tries to tell her something. And I thought for a second, another event was happening. Another effect. No, it's Ravona behind him. Disintegrating Loki. Our Loki got disintegrated just right there in front of us. Ah! Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say here, for the record, I was spoiled for that happening. Oh, really? I'll tell you why. Oh, yes. It was actually a friend of the podcast whose name I am not going to mention. They feel very badly about it, but they had sent me a text later on that night before I had watched the episode. And they're like, oh, my God, can you believe they vaped our Loki? And I was like, dude, I haven't watched it yet. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Now, the thing is, I, it's no harm, no foul. We have all done this before. We have all accidentally spoiled somebody. So I don't ever want to make somebody feel too bad about that. Also, the fact that you and I are terribly bad at TV. We don't usually get real gung-ho about spoilers because it takes us forever to watch stuff. I will say, 9 o'clock in the evening on the day the episode comes out is too soon for spoilers. Too soon. Yep. a little soon. But I, I think a lot of people think like a year after a TV show is finished airing is probably yeah. early enough to assume that everybody's watching it. Not the night that it aired. Not, not the night of, but it's everything's fine. It's all good. So moving on. <laughs> I knew about that part, but you had told me when you'd watched it, you are like, I watched the episode. Ah, there's an end credit scene. Ah. So I knew there was an end credit scene. Thank goodness for the end credit scene, because that definitely kept me from committing violence on people who may or may not have spoiled me. Yeah, because it was Loki waking up and he wonders at first if he's in hell and he somebody helps him to his feet. And it's basically says that come with me if you want to live sort of thing. And it's three other Lokis. Yeah, completely different Lokis. Now, I. I didn't get a real good look at him, and I haven't rewound to watch it again. But Leland said something when we had dinner the other week. He had said, have you heard who they're getting to play old Loki? And I was like, no. And he said, oh, I think you're going to like it. So I, when we see the episode coming up this week, with as the time this episode drops will have been yesterday, yes, apparently we know the actor who plays old Loki. So I'm curious to see who that is. I'm deliberately not looking. Yep. I, I don't want to get spoiled. I want to be surprised. I do too. I do too. But yeah, so luckily, <laughs> our Loki, because I thought for a minute, maybe that's what they were going to do. Maybe this is like... The way that Marvel is starting a new Loki TV series without having Tom Hiddleston involved, they just hand it over to Sylvie. And I'm like, I see that could be a plan, but please don't do that. I so, protest. I do too. It's <laughs> fine. The- yeah. Sophie de- it's, uh, Sophia de Martino. She's doing a bang up job she as is. Sylvie. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. I mean, if they, if they had to hang the Loki TV series on anybody, I would be okay if it was her. I just yeah. still want to have Tom Hiddleston around. I do too. And I know he's a movie actor and probably has other things to do. But you got to admit that the TV money from Marvel is not going to be small. No, it really isn't. Yeah, you're probably doing a pretty good for yourself there. But uh, 
that was the episode. Which is <laughs> very, very surprising. So yeah, I knew that something bad was going to happen to Loki, but I did not know about the post-credit scene. So that meant I was unspoiled for the post-credit scene. Thank goodness. Yeah. So I guess after that, we're going to move on to this week's episode of Lore Olympus, which I thought was a much quieter episode. Um, not a lot of big revelations, but certainly some things we found out. It was. It felt like it was shorter than it was because it is all Hades taking Persephone down into Tartarus to tell him something. And she's a little like, this is kind of making me nervous. And yeah. he said, I want to avoid a situation where I have to say afterwards, there was never a good time to tell you. So right. he's going to be telling her something big. I think there's been some speculation about what it is. But I think so too. What happened when he took his father, Kronos, down into Tartarus for the first time, Tartarus is is a god itself, or it's something that's beyond gods. And yeah. there were also a lot of gods that were in the underworld already. I mean, apparently the underworld has been around for longer than there have been gods. And they weren't prepared to accept Hades as the ruler. And Hades did not want to go back and tell Zeus that he'd been a failure. So right. he's standing in front of this tree that is growing with a single pomegranate on it. And the voice of Tartarus tells him to eat the pomegranate. And it's actually, is it Tartarus or Erebus? Darkness is also talking to him. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. which yeah. one it is. Maybe Tartarus didn't. Tartarus was the one I think that uh, Persephone brought a gift for, some of the, uh, the honey from uh, the mortal yeah, realm. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. whoever it is tells Hades that he has to make an offer in order to be accepted as king, but he doesn't get to decide what the offer is. As soon as he eats the pomegranate, then he'll find out. And the episode ends before we find out. So I'm like, ah, I want to know. Yeah, the speculation is, of course, we already know because of Minth taunting Hades with this. Hades can't have children. And I think most of the commenters seem to land on the idea that that's probably what uh, eating the pomegranate takes away from him is that he will never be able to have children. And he, that's that whole, there was never a good time to tell you. He doesn't know what Persephone wants, whether or not she wants to start a family. Who knows? But yeah. I do like the matching speculation that at some point Persephone will be asked to make an offer or to eat the pomegranate and doing that will restore that in Hades or at least make it so that she and Hades will be able to have children. So everyone's Maybe. looking forward to that because in um, mythology, Apparently they do have kids. So Okay, all right. The more I learn about Greek mythology, the more I realize I don't know. I mean, I know yeah. all of the real top level um Delaire's book of Greek myths kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. But yeah. all of the different names of the offspring and everything, no. I'm usually not no. up on all that. Nope, nope, me neither. Yeah, I like the idea because in the original myth it's it does often seem like Persephone was tricked into eating the pomegranate seeds and those the number of seeds she ate, that's how many months of the year she ends up having to spend in the underworld. But I like the idea of since this story seems to be giving her back a lot of her own agency what if it's kind of this defiant act? Like Hades probably won't want her to commit herself to something and she does it, you know, for him despite what he is warning her. So I can see that more of a power type of thing rather than somebody who was tricked into having to be in the underworld. And maybe the whole idea of being tricked is what her mother spreads around. Could be. But everyone has been also pointing out that the whole pomegranate thing, it was six pomegranate seeds that she ate in the original myth. And there have been a bunch of instances where... 
Hades has offered to Persephone something relating to a pomegranate, like a pomegranate mm-hmm. colored phone and a pomegranate soda and a pomegranate pin for her dress. And mm-hmm. yeah, so everyone's counting it down. Like, when are we going to get to the sex one? Oh, my goodness. It's still moving very slowly, as it always does. But we just get just a little bit more every episode. So oh, get closer and closer. I still want to find out what is going on with um, Artemis's conversation with Hermes, because the last time we saw her, she went to Hermes and demanded some answers. And that was last that, you know, she has appeared in the comic. And we want to know not only what did she hear, but what exactly information did Hermes have? I don't know, because I rereading the old episode, the way that Eros found out about it, you know, she was having trouble talking about it. So they basically did sort of like a magic thing where she magically gave him the information. He got to see what happened. And that's why he was like, no, that's rape. So it wasn't based on anything she said. It was almost like he was reading her mind for that information. Do you suppose Artemis can do the same thing? Because at this point, Apollo and Apollo's mother, they're going to try and spin it any way they can. But if Artemis can get the information straight from Persephone's brain, that would be the best thing. Because, I mean, it'll be absolutely friggin' devastating. It's her twin brother for crying out loud. But I just want her to know about it in no uncertain terms. I also am waiting for Hades to hear about it. Yes. Well, I also want to see the next meetup between Apollo and Leto because Leto didn't know that Apollo was stupid enough to say something to Persephone like, you don't have to like me in order to be my wife. And she also was able to see firsthand just how much Persephone and Hades care about each other, which Apollo was never hearing that from anybody. I mean, his idea was that Hades was just like saying bad things about Apollo, and that was why Persephone didn't want to have anything to do with Apollo. And he would never hear... Um, Persephone say, we don't talk about you at all. So I I do want to see Leto, because I don't think that she's going to have the best of intentions, but she's probably going to have to smack Apollo down for being an idiot about it. Well, she certainly is not blameless, because she told Persephone about Hades' relationship with Hera, specifically to hurt her. And now Hades and Persephone have had a whole conversation about it. And it's not the news that you want to hear, but... Persephone is like, thank you for telling me. And they certainly seem to be awfully still cute and sweet in this episode. Mm -hmm. So I want Leto to see. It's like, yeah, you dumped a whole bunch of crappy information on her and their relationship is stronger than that. So there. That's all for Laurel Olympus. The only other thing I wanted to mention is that Catherine and I finally watched Raya and the Last Dragon. Oh, so pretty. It was really, really pretty. Now, like a lot of Disney movies... It follows a lot of the same Disney beats. You know, she starts out with just one parent who she then loses. Uh, and a lot of times the having to recover all the pieces of the Dragonstone among the different countries, regions of their country does feel a little bit like a video game, but mm-hmm. it worked. All of it, it worked really well. That little baby with his little hench, her little hench monkeys running around oh, stealing so things. Cute. So cute. <laughs> I mean, I bounding just, everywhere. When you first meet them, they're just kind of annoying and I'm like, ah, I don't want to see these characters, but they have such a great combination of adorableness and like sociopathic badassness that I'm like, I want more of this. <laughs> and also um, um, the dragon's human form which just never stopped being funny. It was was always hilarious. Very funny, but I also love the way um, Sisu, the dragon, talks when in dragon form because it's like she's grinning whenever she says anything, and it's so damn appealing. And there's a bit where she gets this one magic power, and she's basically 
just creating water droplets in the sky and running along the water in the sky. And the music is amazing. And it's just oh, so pretty. And also, there's one of the regions, the people, they ride on big angry cats. And we're like, well, I'm here for all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I highly recommend that. And it is available for the regular Disney membership rather than having mm-hmm. to pay, what was it, $30 or something like 30 to bucks. get access? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're trying to make up for the fact that they've lost all this money from theater stuff. Um which there are a lot of people, I don't know, I've I've never felt the need to definitely see a movie in the theater. I understand some movies work better in the theater, but it's just not been like my core thing. I have to see this movie in a theater. And there are people who are like that. They, they just, they, they won't go see it. If it was meant for a theater performance, they are only going to see it in the theater. So I, I'm glad for that because movie companies are certainly suffering a little bit. I mean, not as... I'm not that upset about it. Like, I'm real more worried about regular people who have suffered during the pandemic. The corporations, I think they'll be fine. But, you know, I think it's going to be one of the lasting effects from this pandemic is all of the movie theaters and production companies are going to have to accept the fact that streaming is the way forward. It's you're never going to have to be able to have a only in theaters anymore because there's going to be a huge part of the population that's like I don't feel like paying $15 for a bucket of popcorn and having somebody kicking the back of my seat for an entire movie I want to watch it in my home and I want to watch it at the same time that it comes out yeah yeah Right now, they're still still trying to pull that a little bit, where it's like, oh, it's in theaters, and in two weeks, it'll be on streaming. And I'm like, mm, okay, I mean, fine. I'm, I'm not, I don't know the ins and outs of that particular world, so whatever you guys got to do, fine. Yeah, I think at time of this recording, Black Widow's coming out in like a couple of days now. I think so. And I yeah, think it's going to be soon. streaming and in theaters as well, because a lot is of... It gonna be the, is it going to be the premium streaming thing, though? Where probably. You 30 bucks, yeah. I'm sure. Well, you know, yeah. And honestly, I mean, if people really want to pay that... I I don't. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> Unless someone wants to give us some screener passes for watching oh, yeah. it at home. I don't know if that's an option. I don't know. Maybe. I keep... I know we had screeners in San Diego, but we have absolutely no connections anywhere else outside, not even Los Angeles. I'm trying to get Hugh, our movie reviewer on Instagram. He's in Florida. I'm trying to see if I can get him into an early screener for Suicide Squad. And I'm just... I don't know. You just hit a wall. People are like, we don't want to give out free passes. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, I don't... Let me buy him a screener. That's all I'm asking for. I just have it for free. I just want to get him in early. Can I just pay for a ticket? We'll see. But yeah, we'll have that conversation for Ryan Last Dragon. We'll have that up on the site because we were talking on Instant Messenger the whole time. But it's mostly us going, bring on the angry cats. (laughs) And one thing I wanted to ask you, did we ever post the conversation about Death Becomes Her? No. And what happened was that I forgot. (laughs) What I found out was that Death Becomes Her came out in 1992 on July 31st. And so I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, yeah, let's just, I, I decided at that point, I'm like, I'll post it once we get to the anniversary date. That seems more appropriate. I won't wait an entire year to post it on, you know, the 30th, 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 yeah, 30th, <laughs> oh, God. I won't wait to post it on the 30th, but we will post it for the 29th anniversary on the 31st. It's a fun conversation, but yeah. Mostly I forgot. And then when I found out when it came out, I was like, I'll just wait. It's fine. We also need to like have a mini watch party with uh, the anniversary of uh, Terminator 2, which I haven't oh, watched yeah. for a while. No, yeah, that's that's another, that's 30 years this year that one came out. I'm like, oh, wow. That, me, we, an, we did see it in the theater. So yeah, yeah, right around that. when we, I'm not even going to post what milestone that was next to because that's depressing. Yeah, so that gives you way too much information. So anyway, um, yeah, so 
I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixelategeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries. We haven't done a fan art gallery, but I think we may end up doing one because there's going to be some traveling going on at an unspecified time so people don't try and break into our houses. Um, And so we may end up missing not a recording date because we'll be together, but we might miss an editing date. Mm -hmm. So if that happens, there will be a fan art gallery. I have absolutely no idea what we'll post because there's so much going on. When does Beastars come out? Oh, it'll be out on the 15th. Oh, that's right. Oh, boy. Um, however, there's also going to be the final episode of Loki coming up fairly soon. So maybe we'll do a Loki-related fan art gallery. Oh, we could do that. Else. Yes, we could do that. Raya the Last Dragon. Like, oh, all all sorts of stuff. All that and more. PixLadyGeek.com. So we won't have a Nightmare episode next week. We won't have one the week after that. We'll have a repeat after that. But I'm sure we're going to have a ton of other nerd stuff to talk about. So one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later. sound of a Cottontown lager. This podcast is not sponsored by Deep River Brewery, but it could be. It really ought to be. (laughs)